Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Arts and Conversation podcast. I'm your host, Makai Eastman, and I have my co-host, Jadon Bell. Hello. So today we have a very special guest with us from the Actors Val podcast, Denise Boras Trepat. Very much welcome to you, and I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me here. So we had a little bit of technical difficulties last time, and I asked you about where the name of your podcast came from. Can you please explain that again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the name of the podcast is the title of a poem by Alia Kazan, and that is a poem that I read every morning. It's like a morning affirmation to me, and it's about what being an actor is, being vulnerable, being raw, being true to yourself, being true to the audience, and not having any walls in between you and the world, and that's what I stand for as an artist, and that's what I thought was the best name for my podcast. Yeah, it's, that's fantastic. Um, it's I really like, like that. Thank you. I was listening to a couple of your episodes that you had up, and it's almost like a little acting class on the go. And uh, <laughs> it's like theory for it. And that's really useful because there seems to be a disconnect sometimes of what people think acting is. Like a lot of people think it's just a talent that you're born with. <laughs> And I don't necessarily agree with that. I believe, you know, I believe you definitely have to have some seeds to grow, but it's necessary to have sufficient watering for that. And just listening to you, it was like one of those, uh, you know, one of those theater history courses that <laughs> translates into acting for theater majors or something like that. So I felt like I was back at school which I think is very valuable, and I appreciate that you're doing that. So did you decide that, you know, just waking up one day, you decided that, well, I want to kind of spread what I've learned to other people, or how did this all come about? Because it's very useful. Yeah, well, this has been a project that has been in my mind for many years. It it basically came to be like this because I believe that acting as any craft, it should be studied, right? That's what you were saying. You can have talent, but you don't see painters or dancers wake up one day and say, I'm a dancer. I'm just going to dance. They train for hours and they learn technique and they study their craft. And I think acting is the only art where we don't see that that much. We see people that just go into the screen film actors film directors and they just they just don't study it they just do it and i just think that's very wrong and it's something that i wanted to create awareness of and i when i went to school for acting and i've been acting since i was a child and this is something very close to me that i wanted to be able to share with others that's great i a hundred percent agree with that man A lot of people don't realize that there are a lot of fundamentals that go into acting, both film and stage. You have to know how to position yourself. You have to know how to stand. You have to know where to move and when to move and all of that stuff. So a lot of people just think you just kind of go up there and you just kind of read words off the script. And it's like, if you're talented, then they sound good. And if you're not, then they sound bad. And that's all it is. But I breath of fresh air to hear somebody else who understands the importance of learning all of the stuff around theater. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. We, oh, I think okay. we are seeing uh, in the media nowadays that acting is becoming just about the looks. Mm-hmm. And that really has been bothering me for so long. I mean, if you come from a theater background, you don't see that that much. But in film and TV nowadays, most actors come 
from no background and I just think that you need to get a training and the podcast is not going to be all you know theater history and training but a big part of it it is absolutely right so do you focus more on theater or film theater yeah I grew up uh, being a child actor I started acting when I was eight and I've done theater since I was eight to 20 years old and I recently got into film and TV. So oh. theater is my home. Theater is my first love. I completely understand that. Yeah. Uh, we have the unique perspective, I would say all of us, in this little rectangle right here. Because at least, I'm going to speak for myself. And I say, when I say that in terms of acting, was personally wasn't enough for me. And it never really scratched the itch that I needed to get rid of because I'd been acting since I was 12. Like, that's when I decided, okay, theater is what I wanted to do. Yeah. But I was in like little school plays and things like that. And I would say about the time of my senior year of high school is when I had this spark of inspiration that okay maybe this maybe this isn't it yeah maybe i should do something else but uh then we had our student directed one acts at the end of high school and that was what they did for the seniors kind of showcase what we learned and applied that and i was like oh wait a minute (laughs) this is interesting so i then found out that i had a knack for directing and writing and overall storytelling as a theater maker. And I use my acting background and even uh, when I was in college, it was a very acting program. And I was able to use that and transfer those skills to be able to be the actor's director, which I think is very important (laughs) because- uh, Super important. And even now, I was able to work on my technical skills and become the technician's director when I needed it. Because uh, obviously, there's nothing worse than a useless director. There isn't. <laughs> yeah. And that comes from both sides of the aisle, whether the technical side or the performance side. And I tried to come at it holistically to say, okay, how can I communicate what's in here? and make it better understood by the people out there so all of our jobs can be easier, we can just get things done and continue to move on efficiently. Um, With that said, I think it's very important as artists in general, but specifically actors, that you have more drive than to always be given the opportunity to do what you need to do. Like you need to search it out yourself and take those opportunities as well, which, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's a very um, inspiring thing to keep in mind, especially for someone like you who is creating a new medium of podcasting for yourself with your talents, right? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast. When I graduated from college, I moved from New York City to L.A., to pursue TV and film. And one of the biggest things was that they didn't teach me in college that you had to create your own stuff. 
I feel like I spent four years just learning how to act once you had the job and learning how to audition. But that's only 80% of your life. I mean, you're all the time auditioning and how many times do you get to act? And even when you get to act, how many times is it something that is something you really want to do and not a commercial or just something you have to do at the beginning because you have to do different things. Exactly. So I wish mm -hmm. they taught us that, that as artists, we have to create our own stuff, write a short, write a play, create a podcast, whatever it needs to be done so you can feel accomplished in a way. It got to a point where I was feeling like I wasn't doing enough. Like I wasn't sharing my art enough, I, you know? And that as an artist, it's, it's so sad. We need to be creating all the time. And that's what fulfills our souls and our hearts. Yeah. Um, I, I personally feel that as an artist, you should have something that you want to say. And that's where creating your own stuff gets very important. Because if you spend all of your time, yeah, if you spend all of your time doing somebody else's work, doing this show that somebody else wrote, this show that somebody else wrote, then, or this commercial here or this TV show here, then eventually you're going to get muddled into just being almost like a blank canvas, but in the worst way possible. It's like, you know, you're not standing for anything. You don't have anything that you yourself want to put out there. You're just regurgitating all of this extra information. So, yeah, I think creating your stuff is very important. It'll open up opportunities for people who quite possibly couldn't have gotten it otherwise. You can bring your own cool perspective to the table. It opens the world to acting. And it's, I think it's very important as well. Yeah, it, it's almost like... Um, these experiences that also come with your acting can even just enhance it. You know, you can't really, it's hard to feign emotion as, as you well know, you got to play an action. Yeah. So I think in order to effectively play those actions, you need other experiences rather than, you know, this, this is all that I've done with my life and I can't really express any other feeling or any other thoughts other than the one-track mind that I've been a part of. I think it's very detrimental. But I noticed that in my personal life, all the, the better actors I know all, you know, have something else to do. Like, it's, uh, or something else that they love, not necessarily what they have to do, but, uh, uh, and it shows. Um, Jadon was in the first play that I wrote, Fool's Gold, and, not even not just because we've been friends for X amount of years, but you know he he's one of the better actors that I know. So right. yeah. out of ten times, if there's a role for him that he can that he can do, I'm say, hey, Jadon, <laughs> uh, come on over. Uh, how many times have you know I've asked you to come from Orlando to Tampa to be in a reading or something? Or uh, enough, enough times, man. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I agree. I mean, do it all again in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, acting is not passive, and I think people no. see it as well. You get a script and you learn it, and you just go do it. But it's what you're saying. The best actors I know love life. They're passionate in general. They love to read. They love to travel. They love to learn. And as an actor, you need to know because you are your own instrument. And if you're not nourishing yourself, how are you going to act? How are you going to connect with your audience or to your character and the complexity of the characters? You have to. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I personally, I find myself acting less and less almost because it's like, you know, I'll see an audition for this show and it's like, well, I don't really know what the show's trying to say. But then when I do act, I, I, I at least try to make it count. I don't want to be a guy up here hyping up his own stuff or nothing. You know what I mean? But yeah. like those shows where I see a clear message and I see a clear goal and I see a clear like slogan that they are trying to say and something that they're fighting for, it just kind of lights a fire in me almost. And it takes me from like a, yeah, maybe I'll audition for this show. Maybe I'll audition for this show. So like, no, I need to audition for this. And I need to do as best as I possibly can. Like it's, it's totally different. And Makai shows, they've all got something to say. That makes it so easy. Like, it's not just the fact that, you know, we're best friends and we've known each other for almost a decade now, man, we're old, but, um, you know, it's, it's other stuff. Like, he has a theme that he wants to say. He has a message that he's trying to get across. Fool's Gold started, and it was like a show just about his just trauma and horrible experiences and stuff. We turned it into something that was great. And I, don't, I feel like it wouldn't have been that if it weren't for, like, me and him and that special little, you know, whatever the word is, tornado of emotions and stuff. Yeah, that's synergy. That's the word. Yeah. Look at you with the words. <laughs> Well, I think it ends up being about why you do it. Like, if you're exactly. into acting for the money, for the fame, for whatever, it's not going to work. But, of course, we actors, most of us, are in it for the art. We're in it for the community to be together, to share something, to share stories. Those stories that are not heard, that need to be heard. And that's what you're saying. It, that's that passion that we have. We don't have the passion for things that are not realistic, things that are not. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, do you do any writing at all? I am doing my own writing now, yes. I have been write, writing a short for a while, but it's one of those things that I've never done before. So it's taking forever. And I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but I think that as artists, Sometimes your work is never ready. You just keep writing and writing. Yeah. Oh, it's not ready. Maybe next month. And yeah. <laughs> I will tell you. So I've been writing this play. Like usually, this is the first time this has happened. <laughs> but usually if I get an idea for a play, it all kind of comes at once. Like I cannot, I think the last full script I wrote, Snowball, that was in. Surprise, surprise. Uh, that took me about 50 hours to write. Yeah, it was like three days. It was amazing. Like, he, he had sent me the Google Doc as he was writing it. I was reading it as it was being written. It was written in like a weekend. Crazy. It's amazing. I can do that. That's usually what happens. It just I get that spark and it just goes. However... Two and a half hour play. <laughs> however... <laughs> This uh, this little problem child of mine, uh, it's called Glorietta. And I got this idea from watching uh, Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was thinking about it because I was like, well, you know, how many Western plays are there, right? How many plays that are set like a spaghetti Western? None. And I always joke about, I mean, you can kind of count on my, of Mice and Men if you really want to stretch it. But, you know, how many are like this? And it's pretty, uh, it's it's a wonderful genre. Like, it's a lot of, you know, the 
it, it touches all the points of the heroes versus the villains and it's that feel-good story type of thing. And I was like, you know what would be cool is if I did it in a non-linear format and if I just had the same three-day period and just kind of jump back and forth as to how everything is going to unravel for the audience because it, it starts off in the middle of everything. There's a big shootout that happens and I can't wait to actually finish it so I can direct it. It's going to be very cool. I see it in my head. But uh, it starts off with the shootout and the end of that scene is kind of left with, okay, well, who did this and how, how did this happen? Uh, like who tipped the the there's a roving gang that I created called the Coyotes. Like who tipped them off as to when we'd be vulnerable and why? And the thing is, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I know almost I just figured out a couple of days ago how it was going to end. So I finished act one about a week ago. And I'm like, okay. I am nowhere near done. <laughs> and I've been writing this play. I first started the, the first page December 2018. Yeah. Uh, years now. While we were rehearsing Snowball and I had nothing else to do during the days because I was that was my winter break from school. I was like, okay, well, you know, I can just work on something else. And it was a lot of fun. And it is a lot of fun when I get back to it. But the problem is that I just want to make it good. And I'm not looking for perfection because I'll never achieve perfection. But I just, it's its difficult to, and this is a genre and a style that I've never attempted before. And I'm watching a lot of the old, you know, Clint Eastwood movies and all those, you know, the 50s and 60s, the, Hey there, the Spaghetti Western. And I'm getting these ideas. Uh, I just watched The Battle of the Busted Scruggs for the third time on Netflix uh, by the Cullen Brothers. That's a lot of fun. And I was like, well, okay. This is hard to do without the magic of cameras and editing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's probably why it hasn't been done. Yeah. That's why there aren't many of them. It's going to take a while, I'm sure. But I have a while yeah. because obviously... We're in the pandemic, so I can't. It's a great right. idea. I love it. We all got nothing but time. <laughs> so it, it'll get there eventually, and I and I know I know my characters now, which it took a lot longer than I would have liked, but I'd rather it be good and take a long time than lackluster and rushed. Yeah. Right. Because I will take it very yeah. personally if people hate it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I bring it up in conversations all the time where people are like, people will ask me, oh, but uh, what about this person here? Or what about uh, this person? What if you were making this much money here? I think, I think somebody asked me one time, they said, what if I was in a play as the leading role with no understudy and the day afterwards? Well, not the day afterwards, the day before opening night like Steven Spielberg came up to me and offered me a role and was like, well, you got to leave now. And I had to tell him, I was like, look, I got too much integrity as an artist to sit here and just leave a production that I had been working on for so long. Also, like if I'm on his radar, I'd be on others. But like, you know, it, I bring that up to that example up to just 
to be like, you know, an artist's integrity is important. You don't want to put out a crap product. Like, if you take what you do seriously, the last thing that you should want to do is put something out where everybody's like, oh, yeah, I didn't like that. Oh, that could have had more time put into it. You know, that's, that would be a disrespect to me and what I'm working on and all of the people I that I've worked with. Yeah, but at the same exactly. time, you're always going to have someone who doesn't like your work. That's true. And you just got to oh, learn to sure. live with that. And also, gotta, like, yeah. Where does it end, you know, because you want to make it better and you want to make it good. Like sometimes it's hard to see it for yourself. I have seen yeah. things that to myself weren't that good. And with a little bit of perspective after the years, I was like, wait, I should have released that. That was actually good. Right. Because I think I, as artists in that moment, we just are so focused on it being great. Yeah, I totally agree yeah. with you. And what I, was, what I meant by what I was saying that is that that's what drives me to do the best that I can. Because yeah, right. you're absolutely right. There's always going to be people who don't like what I'm doing. Yeah. But um, mm -hmm. I'd rather them not like it because of their personal opinion, like being subjective rather than objective. Yeah, because, exactly. You know, there are objectively bad things out there. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Not not everybody vibes with everything, and that's something very important to understand. It's like you know, you got to be able to separate the people who are just like, look. I get what you did, but I'm just not personally into it versus the people who were just like, wow, that was bad. And I'm not going to offer you any criticism whatsoever. You know what I mean? And even if they think that if you like it, you know, it's going to happen. I think that yeah. as artists, we have that problem always that what are they going to think, you know? But in the end, you're just going to put out your work that you enjoy and it's going to inspire other people for sure. It's, it will connect with other people. 100% agree. Yeah. That's an important thing that you mentioned because when I made the decision to mostly transition away from acting <laughs> was when that I, I realized auditioning rarely worked out for me. And it's not that, I'm not going to say I was a bad actor. <laughs> it was just a matter of, I wasn't you're not. Like, I wasn't. I, I bet you're not. <laughs> I wasn't what a lot of people were looking for, and yeah. according to the, you know, according to the play or musical, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, okay, I feel bad, but do I care enough to keep doing this? <laughs> like, do I do I have the mindset of, well, that's just one person's opinion. I'm gonna keep putting myself out there, and I had to be honest with myself and said, no, I don't, not for this. However, when it comes to my playwriting, when it comes to my directing, I have that spark of, okay, this is the best we've done. This is the best we can do. This is all we can do. And we got our chance to make this work. And if not, at least we've tried. That's when I knew, okay, this is what I got to do. I don't feel that way about acting. We had our auditions class in college, and let me tell you, that ate me up every week. Um, I mean, our professor would be overly critical because that was the whole point of the class. Is he would he would look at us like he didn't he didn't know us. Uh, this is the first time we ever walked into the room, and it was a professional audition, and he eviscerated every single one of us. <laughs> And, um, you know, even there was even a section where we had to be graded on our audition clothes. 
we had to stand in the chorus line style and he would just go up and down, rate our outfits and point out things that he didn't like. And I remember, which I didn't have a car at this time. So I would always have to wear my clothes for my 9 a.m. class and walk across town. It was a 45 minute, half an hour walk. And uh, this class was at 2 p.m. So I had my 9 a.m. and then I had to do the day throughout, blah, blah, blah. And of course, being in Florida, it's hot and sunny. So I'd be a little sweaty sometimes, right? Understandable. As yeah. <laughs> and no, I got didn't. points off every now and then for visible sweat. And I was like, I can't help this. <laughs> but to his credit, that's what some directors feel like is enough to say, all right, next. So I got to that. Absolutely. That Absolutely. Like, Auditions are crazy. And sometimes directors will not want you because something as silly as you look like their ex. Like the reasons why you might not get cast are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it might be, yeah, sweat, your eye color, your hair, your height. Sometimes it's comparing you to the other person that has already been cast and you have to look good next to the other actor. And, but yeah, but I love what you're saying. And as an actor, you need that self-awareness to be like, okay, can I take this? And if you can take it, maybe you should move into something else. Exactly. writing whatever it is yeah absolutely yeah speaking of i just want to get your perspective on this since you've uh uh you've you've been in this field for so long uh for your mm -hmm. life uh auditioning right mm -hmm. you ever have a particular audition experience that kind of pushed you to a new level of awakening as a performer hmm. <laughs> Many, I guess more than awakening as a performer, awakening in personal levels. Okay. I think, well, one of the hardest thing I had to do was, um, I was born in Spain. I was born and raised in Spain and English was not my second language. It's actually my fourth language. So I learned it wow. growing up as a teenager. And when I decided that I wanted to go to New York and study acting, I had to learn English and not just that I had to learn how to act in English and how to you know just be able to talk in English in a regular conversation so that whole two weeks that I went to New York for auditioning for college and um, academies and all the acting schools that was the hardest I remember my first audition in English and I remember the the auditioning people talking and I had no idea what they were saying. Oh, I had no idea what was going on. I just wow. went there. I said my monologue in English the way I learned it and I left. But yeah, that, that taught me a lot for sure. Right. So uh, when you're, have you noticed any particular difference in the styles of acting between Spain and America? Yes, I think the reason why I came here is because I think here uh, the training is better and there's more, they're more conscious of the need of an actor to train. In Spain, it's even worse than here, like all the acting scene there, there's no training basically. And if there is, it's not in depth like here in the US. I mean, if we compare the one from the US to the UK, probably the UK is even better, right? Yes. But 
Yes, but it, compared to Spain, the U.S. is amazing training actors. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Never would have considered that. But then, yeah, I mean, I love my telenovelas, but I, <laughs> I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I think in Spain it's more what we were saying, more about the dialogue, more about the looks, more about the superficial stuff. But I don't see actors actually being trained in depth on their craft. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I guess transitioning out of that, why the podcast format for you? This, the, it's starting with a podcast, but my idea is to make it something bigger. Um, the podcast is many reasons. First of all, it's a big challenge for me. Uh, even coming here and then I, I've been here in the US six years but during this whole time I've always had this thing you know in acting class the teachers telling me you have to get rid of your accent or people telling me uh, you need to work on your speech just because you know I'm foreign so talking has always been a big impediment for me in a way and I decided to challenge myself because I love talking about acting and the things I Love. And I think as an artist, you have to be able to get out of your comfort zone. And I think that was the last step, the last thing that was stopping me from getting to where I wanted to be as an artist. Be able to just talk and be. So that's why I decided to start with the podcast. And I wanted to create a community of actors, especially here in LA. I think it's not that much. In New York, we have theater. I don't know how it's in Florida, but I feel like in New York, the community is like a family almost. That's here in LA, everything is so far away. I feel like there's so much individualism and people don't really connect. And if they connect, it's because they want something from you. So right. I wanted that opportunity to find artists like me. And I haven't been able to find it that much here where I am and be able to connect artists from LA to New York, to Florida, to everywhere in the US that we believe the same things and be able to do something all together and support each other. And not just me talking on the podcast, have other artists, because I think we all have things that we can teach each other and support each other with. Yeah, that's absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely. Um, tangentially, how many languages do you speak? <laughs> I was wondering what, what are the other so, what are the other Spanish, two? English. So yeah, I grew up in Catalonia, which is a region of Spain that the first language is Catalan. It's actually oh. not Spanish. Okay. So I oh. that's my first language, Catalan, and then we're bilingual in Spanish too. And then my family is a part of it is from France. So I grew up speaking French too. French? And then my English happened. Yeah. Somebody Next time somebody tells you to get rid of your accent, go ahead and just bring out your resume. Look at my special skills. I mean, like, right. <laughs> and the, and the, crazy, yeah. the crazy thing is, I've known people who have been in America, moved from like Puerto Rico or such, and they've been in America twice as long as you have, and you still speak better English than me. Like, your English isn't bad at all. Like, you're talking yeah, about an accent. I know where they're coming from, you know? Like, you also want to be able to have a general American to certain kind of roles. So it kind of limits you to have an accent. We, don't, we do not have enough time for me to get into that. <laughs> but let me just wrap that up to say... Yeah, we could have a whole we, other podcast about yeah. Justin. <laughs> and keep owning you. 
all I can say is keep making the art that you need to make and don't try to sell yourself short for anybody. Absolutely. Especially people who are way less qualified than you. <laughs> Agreed. Thank, you. <laughs> but, Thank um, you so much. You're very welcome. And unfortunately, Zoom is getting to the point where it's being Zoom and it's going to kick us out in a few minutes. But I wanted to once again thank you, thank Jadon for taking the time out to speak with us. And it was a very enlightening conversation. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. This yeah, was amazing. So you guys are great. And I had you so much too. fun. Of course. Thank you so much.